Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation fan page podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland and proud supporter of Texas Tech University. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, good evening and welcome to the Guns Up Nation podcast. Uh, we're really excited to bring you what we call the Legends of the Matador. And it's a segment where we bring in you know, a lot of local alums, um, people that have spent their time in Lubbock and then ventured down to the world and did big things for themselves and represented Texas Tech. And and um, and so we're excited to to introduce our next legend, the Matador. And for that, I'm going to actually turn it over to Keith. So, yeah, let's let's talk about our guest here. 26 number one hits, probably more than that in a couple of months. He's been voted the Country Drummer of the Year by Modern Drummer Magazine, 2016, 17, and 18. And he's also got a Bachelor in Music Education from Tech. Uh, and he also has, he's not only a, just a great drummer, he's also an author. He's got a great book that's coming out. He'll probably talk about in a little bit called Crash Course for Success, Five Ways to Supercharge Your Personal and Professional Life. And he also has a podcast out uh, with hosts and guests that range from former Saturday Night Live actors to some legends in the music industry. So we'd like to formally introduce Rich Redmond. Rich, thank you so much for being on tonight. Well, Welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, Texas Tech, baby. That's right. Guns up. We're, yeah. We are glad to, in, in this is a, a new uh, podcast that we are doing to introduce the masses to the voice of the fan page Guns Up Nation. And so one of our features that we're wanting to do is basically just highlighting and celebrating the success of tech alumni. And we thought of you, uh, we really have enjoyed celebrating knowing you, <laughs> your career, and and the, th- the places that you've done and the experiences you had. And we are so excited that you've agreed to come on and just kind of share a little bit about that with us. So yeah, Texas Tech, baby. So let's just start from there. Tell us about the story from, from there to here. Wow. Uh, yeah, Texas Tech. Uh, see, I enrolled in 1988, and the, the draw for me to come to that school was uh, Professor Alan Shin, who has been, uh, was you know, kind of in charge of the percussion department. Uh, I, I went to one of the Texas Tech band camps between my... Let's see, sophomore and junior year, or junior and senior year, and, you know, we... we sparked up a relationship and he agreed that it would be a good school for me to go to because I'd probably be like a big fish in a small pond to get a lot of experience and work out a lot of things and and it was great and I got a lot of experience there you know everything from the marching band to um, the pet band to the big bands to steel drum ensembles percussion ensembles uh, the the orchestra and the concert band so just a lot of playing got a lot of experience and uh, that led me down a whole lot of other paths i ended up getting my master's degree at the university of north texas and then i moved into dallas the dallas fort worth area for about two and a half years and became part of that music scene part of that culture and you know, tried to save a little bit of money and then it was going to be New York, LA or Nashville. And I ended up getting some auditions in Nashville, Music City, USA, and, and ended up moving uh, here, Nashville, in uh, 1997. Wow. 97. Awesome. Yeah. So you've been, you've lived there pretty much ever since? 
Yeah, like, what are we talking, like, five presidencies? Five, six presidencies? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how did your experience with, you know, music education at Tech, and, and obviously at North Texas, you had two great degrees from two great music programs there. Um, you know, what, what led you to get out to Nashville? How did you kind of get that bug or that interest to go join that kind of uh, scene? Obviously, you had a passion. I think you got your degree in, is it music education, right? I did. I got my degree in music education because... Um, there was another drummer that I really looked up to. He was currently the drummer with Ringo Starr. His name is Greg Bissonette. And he yeah. was a very serious performer with had every intention of being a, a, a full-time performing musician. But he got this, you know, uh, good backup plan, which was to be to get a music education degree. Because I always say, you know, if you can play, you can play. You don't need a degree to prove that. But if you do want to be an educator, it's nice to have the degree in music education. So did I enjoy the classes on how to chart for a marching band? No. Did I enjoy enjoy the classes um for you know how to play hot cross buns on the french horn or the 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 fiddle or the violin no i did not but um you know it's School is about, you learn about persistence and time management and follow through and jumping through hoops. And and my goal was always to be a professional, you know, touring and recording musician. Um, but I just had to do the things I had to do. So I always just treated myself like I was getting a performance degree, like my, my mortgage payment and my life depended on my musical ability. But then I also got my music education degree. I'm sort of curious. So, you know, you, you, well, you said 97, you landed in Nashville. Right. When did you realize you were going to hit it big there that you found you found the right spot? Well, uh, you know, I, in all honesty, I, I really I never saw myself as a New York musician. I mean, I, I visit there all the time and I'm I'm thrilled by it. I love the excitement, you know, the pace there. You know, drummers have a hard time there loading their drums in and out of of cabs and Ubers and taking the subway. And it's it is a it'll make you a man and the elements uh, you know, but uh, you know, mostly the people that live in New York now, I mean, to live there and never see a rat, you've got to make like $3 million a year. And most drummers <laughs> don't make that. So I was more of an Angelino. I always was really, I liked the sun and the palm trees. And I, I, I wanted to move there and play smooth jazz and play on, uh, you know, movie scores and stuff. And that was kind of like my plan. But then I just started reaching out to people in Dallas, Texas, when I was there. And I said, hey, do you know anybody that's looking for a drummer on a regional or national or international level. And I just started reaching out to my friends. You know, that's one of my um, modus operandi really is to, if I want to accomplish something, I immediately send up the flare and I ask for help. And a friend of mine said, yeah, there's a songbird named Trisha Yearwood that's auditioning drummers. And I was like, fantastic. So somehow I got her information and sent her my demo tape and a headshot. And her people got back and said, yeah, man, you sound great, kid. You know, we've never heard of you before. But if you want to come do this audition, you know, you're up against 15 other big established name guys. And so I went and I did the audition. They loved my playing. I didn't get the job, but then they turned me on to this audition with this gal named Dina Carter, who had this kind of like California country sound. And, yeah. you know, I did I did all the prep work and booked my flight and got a new outfit and did everything I was supposed to do. And they loved my playing, but the gig went to somebody that lived in Nashville. And But those people, you know, dug me and they turned me on to an audition with Barbara Mandrell. So after the third time of like investing in flights and outfits and preparation and hotels and rental cars i was like you know what i have got to be where the action is no one knows me in los angeles but there's a bunch of people that are responding positively to my drumming in nashville so 
you know, I gave my band two weeks notice. I moved to Nashville and it was rough. You know, I moved to Nashville on a Tuesday. I had my first gig on a Saturday. When I mean a gig, I'm not talking about a touring gig and a tour bus with a drum tech and a salary. I'm talking like wearing a tuxedo and playing satin doll and Motown hits and that guy, like all the stuff I had done in Dallas, but it kicked, it started my journey. And then just one handshake at a time and eight years of doing day jobs, I was able to, you know, put things together and connect the dots. And in 1999, I met a young Jason Aldean and he was kind of like my Sting, my Mellencamp, my Billy Joel, my Elton John, you know, cause as drummers, we're really only as good as the people that we surround ourselves with. So I needed to find that person and and little did I know at the time that that would begin a 20-year relationship right so how, how did you all meet um I was playing in a band with uh Kurt Allison our guitar player I've been playing with him for 24 years I was playing in a band with he, he, he and his dad and they had a band a show band called the Blues Other Brothers <laughs> and we would play like Stacks and Motown hits, but we would do them at warp speed. Yeah, really fast. And um, he had done a gig with uh, a bass player that was put in charge of, of finding Jason Aldean's band, his first version of a band in Nashville. And so Kurt said, oh, dude, I met this guy. We play together in a band. You'll love him. Bada bum. We come together. Uh, it's a love connection. We do a gig together, me, Kurt and Tully. And that would start like a 20 year relationship because they vouched for me and brought me to Jason Aldean. And then we started doing rehearsals and free demos and, you know, jumping in vans and playing shows with Aldean and it, then it, I met his producer and, and then the producer championed me and we started cutting demos and doing showcases until he got a record deal in 2004. And by 2004, we had a team, we had a friendship, we had a bond, you know, we had a relationship that we had cultivated. So um, Jason didn't have to look any further for a band. We were, you know, his guys. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's a storybook way of getting the group together. That's for sure. Yeah, the you know, the music business is the Wild West. You know, if you're a music educator, it's a lot easier. You know, you get your degree, you get your master's, you go and you, you know, you interview for jobs and then you have to move to whatever city or small town you're going to teach at that 5A school. The music business where you want to like either hook up with a band or you want to be a side man, like I'm a side man, like I'm heavily featured in Jason's videos and I play on his records and I play on all the television shows with him. Um, you know, basically I'm a side man. It's, it's about him and we're hired to make him look great. Getting those jobs is a very difficult thing because there are no rules. So like, so for me, it kind of came down to like, I looked back and I was like, oh my God, what, what are five things that led me to a successful career path in this business that is kind of like the wild west it was like well i committed to my craft i, I didn't say i'm going to give myself a year and if i don't hit it i'm going to go back to dallas texas it was just like i'm committed no matter what it could take 10 years it could take 20 years i am going to do this and then i thought about relationships and you know how people are the gatekeepers to success in life you know so you have to make a lot of friends and mix business and pleasure and then i thought about attitude and how people are drawn to people with positive attitudes and even if you aren't the best musician but you can get the job done but you're a pleasant person and you're likable people will want to be around you what are all these things that i put ten thousand hours into a texas in my youth and then texas tech and then north texas state and then 
postgraduate life of playing, like being able to play um, a bossa nova and a partido alto and a samba and play at all tempos and all dynamic levels and play with click tracks, like getting that skill set together. And then that hunger, having that hunger that burns in your belly to be successful at all seasons of your life. If you put that all together, that's crash. And so um, that's just kind of something that, that I, looking back on, I wasn't conscious of it, you know, 15, 20 years ago, but but then along the way, I was like, wow, those are five things that I did use that I did put place importance on that got me from point A to point B. And that kind of some of the things that you've summed up in your book, too, isn't it? Yeah. So CRASH is really, you know, that acronym, Commitment, Relationships, Attitude, Skill, Hunger is something that um, has worked for me. And I tell people it'll it'll work for, you know, the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. It'll work for a soccer mom. It'll work for a bass player. It'll work for, you know, anyone in any season of their life. You know, it'll work for a five-year-old. It'll, it'll work for a 50-year-old man that acts like a five-year-old. Still a little young for a memoir. So I said, well, this book is kind of like part biographical and part self-help because growing up, I was really into, um, you know, law of attraction, um, uh, you know, Leo Buscaglia, Tony Robbins, you know, the law of success, those great authors, Napoleon Hill. And so that influence was there. And so I just wanted to write something that someone could read on a Southwest flight from Dallas to Los Angeles and say, oh, wow, I was entertained that, you know, I, it was enjoyable and I learned something. Sometimes those kind of books are more fun to read than a memoir in a way. I mean, you always want to hear the history of somebody, but to see the encouragement, you know, from being a musician to being, like you say, a teacher to being just trying to deal with the family, you know, yeah. all of those things are, are things that each one of us can take a nugget and, and use. Whereas a memoir of a rock star in LA, maybe we can't relate to that. We can enjoy it, but it's kind of nice to have something that you can maybe take one or two nuggets out of a quick read and, and apply it to your life. And I think it's really cool that you've yeah. been able to share some of the, the things that, you know, the, 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 the successes, some of the failures, and, and tie that into a good way to motivate people of, hey, this is what I've learned that has really helped me to be successful. And I really commend you for it. I hope you don't mind at the in the show notes, I'd love to put links to how you can purchase this book and, and links to your website, if that's okay with you. If I don't mind. Are you kidding me? I just figured you'd yeah. be losing too yeah. much sleep over that. So Yeah, no, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos and I are like homies now, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got he's, On his Christmas card list. Yeah, no, he's got the book, man. And so, you know, you you, you click on it, uh, you know, uh, Crash Course of Success, Five Ways to Supercharge Your Personal and Professional Life. And it, and if you can um, you can take your time getting it delivered to your house. You can have it delivered the next day or you can just download it to your, your e-reader device and take it on vacation and, and uh, consume it that way. And the Audible version will be coming out soon where I basically read the book to you. I tell you that I, I love Audible. That's <laughs> yeah. It's very powerful. It you really know, podcasts is. and ebooks are a great way for people to expand their mind and 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 learn and grow on the go. Yeah, a lot of us have commutes and and wrote. I mean, you know, I'm I've got kids that are doing travel ball and all this kind of stuff. You don't I don't have time to open a book when I'm doing that, but I can sure listen to it while I'm driving, and it's just a, it's a good deal. So so uh, Rich, speaking of podcasts, you say you have one of your own. Yeah, you know, I I did a uh, I did a I'm very involved, very uh very involved with social media, and I always was. Like when MySpace came out, I really jumped on it and. And tried to like forge a brand and then as soon as facebook opened up from a collegiate platform to the public i got on that sucker right away and as these new platforms emerge i just kind of tried to embrace them the only one i've ever found that wasn't sticky to me was snapchat for whatever reason i just it was seemed like it was a 
uh, for the for the young people, you know, right, and right. Uh, the super young people. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I put a blast out on social media, like, hey, I'm thinking about starting this new platform. You got any ideas for for titles? And I got some amazing show titles from people that I created a file for. But I just said, you know, hey, you know, Johnny Carson, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, you know, the Rich Redmond show, and and we then we we took that theme and just kind of went with the late night, you know. Uh, vibe you know there's so many drum podcasts out there where it's like eh, what kind of widget the kind of sticks do you use and <laughs> like i'm just not that guy and those those all exist and they're all out there so so i didn't want to do that again of course the low-hanging fruit for me is i know so many drummers in new york los angeles and nashville so they'll always be my guests but you know i'm starting to get it to comedians authors actors thought leaders and um, that's really interesting because it opens up um, you know, the, the fan base and it allows me to grow more as a, as a interviewer and as a host. And that's really kind of what I'm going to be trying to do with my next 20 years is crank out books and do my keynote speaking and do some acting gigs that I want to do and then do a lot of hosting. Definitely. Yeah. The Rich Redmond show, you can definitely find that on whatever major podcast that you prefer or outlet you prefer. Yeah. I, I listen to him on, on iTunes. I know he's coming up with a, with a, you're coming up with a, a new podcast here pretty quick, a new episode. Uh, just yeah. got done um, listening to the episode that you featured Parmalee on. And boy, that was, that was a fun one, but also an intense one. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's good material. You, you dig deep and, and I really appreciate the material you're bringing forth. Well, thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's so easy to find. You just type in The Rich Redmond Show, and you can get it on um, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch it on YouTube. And the easiest way to share, subscribe, rate, and review, which I always appreciate, is on the um, is on the iTunes platform. They make it so easy for you. And I guess there's a lot of cool people out there. So right now we got a five-star review and like 50 very glowing um, reviews on only six episodes. So we're off to a great start. So definitely appreciate the support. Absolutely. No, we're, we're proud to support that. And like I say, it's a, it's a very, very well done show, very lighthearted, very fun, but you also dig deep, like I said. And so it's uh, definitely worth your time. I really, really have enjoyed it. So um, what made you decide to, to go, is it just because of the social media history that you had? Is that kind of what made you decide to go into the podcast side of things? And how, how has it been? You obviously said you have a YouTube, you're, I guess you're recording the video of these. It's not just an audio recording. Is that correct? Yeah, the video goes on my YouTube, side, YouTube so. channel. Yeah, it's actually, give it a shot. It's actually more uh, interesting to watch because you miss a lot of the funny faces and the sarcasm and the body language and the camaraderie and everything that comes from the shoot. And, you know, it's you know it's done well. It's lit well and the room is inviting and, and the guests are all sitting in nice little leather chairs and stuff. And so it's really nice. I prefer to, to actually uh, to watch it. But, yeah, I decided to do it because everybody's got a podcast and my co-host uh jim mccarthy he's got 20 years in radio he's a voiceover artist and uh a videographer so he's definitely a big help in many of those departments he's kind of like my spirit animal or my muse that has been in my life for a long time and you know he told me 11 years ago he said rich you're a host you got to get on this and i said jim i'm not a host i'm an artiste i'm the guy that <laughs> wants to be interviewed and then you know after you're on your journey and you end up in magazines that you grew up, you know, reading as a kid and you end up on all your favorite podcasts, you're like, 
now what? You're right. I am a host. I sh- <laughs> yeah. You know, and so you know, there's the best time to do to do something was you know ten years ago. Um, but right, you just you just you just move forward and you build one fan at a time, and then we're hoping to just grow a wonderful show that you know we can, you know, everybody wants to monetize a little bit with ads and. Um, and then eventually down the road, you if, you could sell it. You could sell it to a network or to cable or to Sirius. Right. You know, so th- you got to think big. You know, one of the things I've loved is I, I just know, of course, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. So about myself. So I've got mm-hmm. a limited amount of material I can talk about me. But I've I love interviewing others because there's a world of talent out there, and it's just so fun to learn that. And I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of like you where I, I like the interview side more than I like yeah. to be interviewed now. And it's just, to me, it brings a whole lot of depth to it. Uh, just builds relationships. It's so much fun to, to hear people tell their stories. It's uh, and I, I'm sure you agree. You've got, you know, like I say, from, from the, people that you have on this show you've got a wide range of people that you that you know most of these people are friends of yours i'm assuming right yeah you know it, it, it's i can i can interview drummers songwriters producers musicians you know on three coasts for ever um but you know my i really love uh all creatives so you know authors comedians making people laugh you know actors i've been studying acting for the last four years and so that is like a it's like a new passion and a new fascination you know and 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 fellow authors and so anyone that's kind of interesting thought leaders social media influencers um people are suggesting guests for me which is great and uh but you know just to launch things you know already i have a place to record in los angeles i'm going to be recording in a studio in studio city and you know i went to go see sinbad perform last night and we have about three or four mutual friends so i went up and shook his hand and he said yeah i'll drop by your podcast in studio city and you know my new girlfriend's a fashion designer and she is good friends with the weekend host of entertainment tonight and uh, you know i'm just meeting more actors and it's just fun to cast that wider net absolutely yeah, it is. absolutely so rich i'm curious you know what the jason aldean band how many tour days do you have each year on average well we used to do 200 a year that was just wow. insane and then we got down to 180 and then 160 and then 140 and then 120 and then for about six years we did 80 shows a year and now we're down to 55 or 60 shows when you start thinking about your life in terms of hours not just days weeks years you start thinking of it in terms of hours like I've always like really filled up my days on the road with like productive pursuits, you know, so doing speeches, doing a masterclass, doing a clinic, maybe co-hosting a morning news show in whatever market I'm in. And then when I'm in Nashville for many years, it was like, okay, I'm in town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what can I do? Well, I can co-produce records, I can write songs, I could play drums on other people's records, and then I started studying acting, so I took acting classes, and there's, I'm just always trying to do something really fun and creative, involve my friends, and just not let the moss grow, you know? We got one life to live, and I want to leave, a, you know, a legacy of, of, of creativity and hopefully have been able to affect people in a positive way. So are you doing acting gigs right now? Are you 
able to get any kind of uh, yeah i have to squeeze them in and that's like that that's like treating your life in in the hours not the days um i studied voiceover i have a voiceover reel and my goal was i've been doing it for four years was to get my butt in a movie and get my face on tv so i played a police captain on a television show called happy on the sci-fi channel and it's uh stars christopher maloney from law and order suv and i got to act with him all day which was really really fun so that's on um you could watch it on <clears throat> netflix you can you can order the episodes from amazon amazon and I am in a horror film where I play an over-caffeinated Casey Kasem-type DJ in a horror film called All <laughs> Light Will End. And, of course, you'll miss the scene if you, if you blink. But um, these are parts that allowed me to get my feet wet and add some great stuff to my reel. And I was able to get my SAG card. So now I am in a SAG actor, which is I'm very wow. proud of. Congratulations. Go, go deeper with that for us of novices. What is that? What is that? Okay, so so the SAG Awards, a Screen Actors Guild, and recently they have merged with the the American Federation of Musicians. So, you know, if you're doing good stuff, you know, you're playing on award shows, you're playing on late night television shows, early morning shows, playing on records that people can buy in Target or Walmart. You're going to be getting checks from either the Screen Actors Guild. AFTRA or um, the American Federation of Musicians. And what's great about SAG is it's a really strong union, kind of like the Teamsters. They determine pay rates for actors and um, fairness clauses, like how often breaks need, kids need to have child actors, that kind of stuff. And they have a pension fund. And so it's just a really good thing to do. And it's like when you get that card, it legit, it legitimizes you in your craft and separates you from the other 80% of people that are baristas that say they're actors. I mentioned this to Keith earlier via text. If you close your eyes, and I'm saying this only because you mentioned it, Rich, you close your eyes, you're definitely the voice double for Casey Kasem, without a doubt. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny. I was in the Burbank airport. This girl, she was like, she, had, she was looking down at the cash register, it was the coffee bean. And I said, you know, can I get a uh, medium iced coffee with uh, coconut milk and no sweetener? And she looked up, she goes, oh my God, I thought it was Casey Kasem and he's been <laughs> dead for like five years. I'm like, that's crazy. So Rich, when's the last time you've been to Lubbock to visit the old alma mater? You know, I've been there a couple times over the years to play the stadium that's on campus. What is that stadium? Not not Jones Stadium, the, but the indoor uh, where the, the basketball United team Spirit plays. Arena. Yeah, yeah Supermarket yeah. Arena, I think is what it's called now. Yeah. Yeah. It's played there a couple times. And then over the years, of, of course, Alan Shin, um, my ex-professor, has had me in several times to be a guest artist with the Texas Tech Jazz Ensemble and to do clinics and stuff. So always fun. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're glad that you've been, glad you've been able to get back to the homeland. That's for sure. So yeah. I want to turn it back a little bit to the career that you've had with uh, Jason Aldean. Tell us a little bit about the progression that you guys have felt that you've gone musically from when you guys first started up until uh, this new album, I believe is called Nine. Is that correct? Yeah, it's his, it's the ninth record. Yeah. And, and apparently that's what that was his baseball number growing up. Oh, so perfect. Yeah. So, so tell, of... tell a little bit about that progression. What, how do you all have felt you've grown through the years? Well, you know, if you're not growing and evolving, you are dying. It's a slow, you know, you're rotting on the vine, you know, so you want to, you want to stay hungry. You want to keep that hunger, those flames uh, that burn in your belly to be successful and to constantly evolve. I want to stay relevant, you know, through all the seasons of my life. So, you know, we're lucky. We're a bunch of guys that have been playing music together for 
you know, at least 20 years, finishing each other's sentences, been in each other's weddings, been at each other's divorce parties, celebrate every one of our new cars that we purchase every time someone moves into a new home or, you know, we're there for each other. And it's a very rare thing to be able to mix business and pleasure like that on the, on the highest level. Um, everybody in the band, of course, is a super qualified musician, but like more than anything, it was just lightning in a bottle. This kind of thing truly only happens once in a lifetime, you know, and we, we all cheat on each other. You know, Jason sometimes has to use uh, some strange house band on, you know, some television variety show, or uh, my friends have to go use another session drummer on one of their songs that they wrote because I'm in Los Angeles and I'm doing some other thing with other musicians. And we, but we always come back to that home base and it feels so comfortable. Like you're wearing an old pair of shoes um, so you really can't replace that time in the trenches. And, and I know that every record has its own personality, but we've been growing and evolving as an, uh, individually and collectively as an ensemble together. So, uh, so it's really cool. Even at this point, if it all ended tomorrow, we have this body of work and we could look back at it and go, wow, I don't know if Wikipedia will ever recognize this or will ever, you know, win an award for it, but you know, that band, along with Jason, was able to change the sound of a genre of music, which is crazy. Really is. And I tell you what, we as listeners, we've enjoyed it every step of the way. So, and we, we really are sensitive from the time. We know that you've taken some time out of your day to visit with us. And we're going to wrap up this, this podcast so you can get back to doing what you do best. But just one more time, bring us through the name of your podcast and the website that, that we can visit to look, uh, to find out more information from you, Rich. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, so the all-new Rich Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com, is going to be launching any day now, which I'm really excited about. It's all state-of-the-art. It's got all the new bells and whistles. I'm excited about that. Um, the podcast is called The Rich Redmond Show, and it's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And, of course, I'd love for you to share, subscribe, rate, and review. That just helps the podcast get listed at a higher level and allows you to find it easier. And the book is called Crash course for success five ways to supercharge your personal and professional life and you can order it on amazon.com rich redmond thank you so much for being part of this show today really really appreciate your time oh thank you guys so much yeah and let's we'll have to you know friend it up on facebook and you know i'm easy to find i'm on all the socials just as my name and the the most bang for the buck if people want to find me is you can just send me a direct message on instagram it's just at rich redmond sounds good man we will awesome. definitely do that. And for our listeners, look up Rich Redmond. Tell him that you said hello and, and give him a guns up. I'm sure he'll love to hear from his tech fans. And again, Rich, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck through the rest of this year and, and through the rest of your career. Keep in touch with us. And we look forward to following you along. And we look forward to Jason's new album. I believe it's in November. Is that correct? So Yes. Looking forward to that. Yes, that's right. Well, awesome. thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the holidays because they're right around the corner. Already. It is pumpkin spice season. I'm telling you, can you? <laughs> believe it <laughs> not in my house <laughs> that's right what? i don't think you can avoid it what avoid you can't it. what you can't drink coffee no i mean we don't drink the pumpkin spice oh, stuff but gotcha, lord gotcha. if there's a candle if there's a candle that's sold that has pumpkin spice 
my wife's going to buy it. Absolutely. I mean, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. And we're ending on a pumpkin spice comment. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I love it. I love it. Oh, all right. All right, guys. Listen, thanks again, Rich. And we will talk to everybody with the Guns Up Nation. Thank you for listening to us. We will catch you on the next show. And we will bring great new material, some new guests with us, and look forward to visiting with you then. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the fan page administrators, podcast hosts, and fans, and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. We are proud to support Texas Tech, its students, alumni, and fans.